mean, it's incredible the mindset where people are right now, thinking that this is okay. It's the murdering of human life. But we've, we've brainwashed the last three generations thinking that it's no big deal. Hi, I'm Evelyn Ray. Welcome to The Cauldron Pool Show. Today, I am joined by two very special guests, Laura Clarson and Kevin Sorbo. And I've got both of them on here today because they've been part of an incredible project. Uh, there's a viral video that you may have seen called The Procedure, and it's an animated uh, short film uh, which Kevin um, narrates and which Laura has had a huge part in um, bringing to all of us um, this particular project. And so I want to thank you both so much for coming here today and joining me on the show. And I'd love to sort of get in and, and um, talk about all the things that you've been able to achieve through this video. Sounds good. Good to be here. Now, it's it's an interesting combination, you two, <laughs> because people are probably thinking, how did this sort of come <laughs> to be that you work on this project? But before I sort of get into that, I thought maybe, Laura, um, you could kind of explain to people who might be tuning in what the procedure actually is um, and sort of how you came to be involved with this project. Sure. So it's a, like you said, a short animated film. It is the true story of an ultrasound technician. Um who witnessed an ultrasound guided abortion in the hospital where he worked. Um, like I said, it's a true story. I know who this man is. I've chatted with him a lot um, in order to create the script. And yeah, it, it, the, the video focuses on the baby and what happens to her. So that's kind of something new that hasn't been done before. Um, and I, it's very disturbing. Mm. Yeah, I, I was sort of watched the preview of it before it was released for the public. And, you know, I sort of said, you can't watch this and remain unchanged. And if you do, you probably need to seek medical help because you're a sociopath. <laughs> yes. um, so, you know, it, it is quite traumatic. And it's one of those things I think that is so traumatic that everybody has to see. And there was this great minister called uh, John Piper, and he sort of said a long, long time ago, if everybody just watches an abortion and what actually takes place, it would almost automatically end the entire abortion industry in that moment. But nobody really knows what happens or knows what goes on or the severity of things. Um, and so I feel like this animated movie that you both were involved with shows the harshness of it um, and shows the disgusting side of it, um, but also shows, you know, not just the physical side, but the emotional side as well for people involved. Um, and I guess that's where you come in, uh, Kevin, because you um, narrated this and you did such a brilliant job of the emotion behind it. And um, how is it that you sort of came to be a part of this project and what what made you want to be the voice for such a thing? Well, I do a lot of pro-life speaking. So I've always been a pro-life guy to begin with. And, uh, uh, you know, Laura and um, and Lord TV, and uh, they got a hold of me. And uh, I, I reached out as well. I said, look, I want to be part of this. What have you guys got going on? I'd love to be able to narrate, uh, you know, at least one. I think they're doing, Laura, are you doing five different ones? Yeah, six. But yeah. Six different ones. So um, this was the first one out of the gate. And, you know, the, the, the technician behind this that really saw this and came out, um, he, um, he, this is what he witnessed. What you see on the, on the animation, which is graphic enough in itself, is really what he saw. And I think that we had a movie out here in the States called Unplanned that dealt with the Abby Johnson story and what she saw as well. She worked in an abortion clinic at the front desk. 
not even realizing what was going on back there. She knew that they were boarding people, boarding human lives, but wasn't really paying attention to the reality of what goes on with it. And as you said, um, Evelyn, that if if uh, people saw this, could actually see what a real abortion looks like, I think unless they don't have a heart or a soul whatsoever, I think they would change their minds because uh, they, they say they call it pro-choice. What's the choice? Death or life? So to me, they're it's it's child sacrifice. And I, I'm, I'm sick of it. Uh, our one of our politicians came out the other day, Chuck Schumer. Uh, the guy's a total moron, pardon me, but he is. And he said we need more illegal aliens coming into our country because Biden's let four million come across the border because we need we need at least eleven million more to fill in the jobs shortage we have. And I so I, I put on Twitter, I said, well, you know, if you didn't have the last fifty years of killing sixty five million lives. We wouldn't have a job shortage out there. We wouldn't have a, um, you know, a, a person shortage to work these jobs. So it's in. They're the party behind this. They're the party that are all for up to birth now. They're they're saying you can look at the baby and three or four weeks later you can decide if you want to get rid of it. I mean, it's incredible the mindset where people are right now, thinking that this is okay. It's the murdering of human life. But we've we've brainwashed the last three generations thinking that it's no big deal, even though there's a heartbeat within the first three weeks. So. Um, we have a battle on our hands, and I, I love that Laura's at the uh, forefront of this as well in, in fighting this to save human lives, because it's it's barbaric what we're doing, and it's amazing to me that we have such a callous attitude towards abortion, that it's no big deal when it's actually a human life. Yeah, absolutely. I often think, at what point are we going to look back on history and think to ourselves, wow, I can't believe we used to do that. And I'm hopeful for that day that we will get there, that we don't get worse, um, and that we do get to a point where we do acknowledge that it is a life um, yeah. and that it is precious at any stage of development um, mm -hmm. and any function. And, you know, you sort of, um, you know, Laura, you've been like, you know, at the forefront of these sorts of things for quite a long time. Um, you've had your amounts of death threats. You've had all kinds of things come your way because you stand for, um, you know, babies in the womb. What what has the response been like um, since the release of this particular short film? Yeah, it's, it's kind of been as expected. Um, I was disappointed to see um, some people back off, really, um, who had said, you know, they supported it. And then when they actually saw it, they were like, whoa, this is too much. I've had pastors say, I will not share this video just like I wouldn't share porn. And I'm like, oh my gosh. this is not at all oh. the same thing. Like, come on. Um, so if that's been very discouraging, wow. um, in that sense, then we have the other side of the people who are very angry and, uh, you know, the, all the regulars, stupid death threats and you know which don't violate uh social media standards uh and all that so mm. um and like you said uh, people changing their mind and actually writing it publicly i'm no longer pro-choice i don't support abortion i didn't know this is what it is and we've had um a confirmation of um, now a couple babies who whose moms had second trimester abortions booked who then were like, oh, whoa, I can't do this to my child and who are keeping their babies. And now we're helping them through choice for two. So it's been great. Mm, that's amazing. And um, do, off the top of your head, do you know how many um, hits you've had on, on the movie so far? Well, no, it hit a million, a million views um, five days after the release. And now we're a couple of weeks and I'm not sure at this point, but it's, it's still, it's still going. So that's good. 
Yeah. And I hope and pray it keeps reaching more people because, yeah, as I said, people just don't understand what goes on. And when you explain to them the procedures, people are actually shocked and go, no, 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 they would not do that. I'm like, yes, they would. It's in plain sight. All you have to do is go on their website and you can look it up. You can speak to a doctor, but people don't want to do that. It's like they can't fathom the reality or the truth of it because it's just too too vulgar for them. And, you know, I wanted to sort of, uh, Kevin, if you don't mind me sort of asking, you know, like just, you know, you're, you're in an industry um, that is very pro abortion, pro choice, as you say, and you have, I've, I've watched you for a number of years speak about this. And to be honest, I've been really impressed uh, with your boldness and your unapologetic sort of stance on it all, because um, a lot of people, uh, even ministers, as Laura said, pastors, people who should be heavily involved in this don't even want to be a part of it. But you've stood up against it, against the culture, against, um, you know, all of these sorts of things at the expense or at the potential cost of your career. What What's that been like for you? And I guess what made you decide to, you know, still be so vocal about this, even though the people, I guess, around you and in your industry are on, on a different side to you? Well, I got tired of the hypocrisy and it's amazing to me. I mean, they, they, they display the hypocrisy every single day and I just got sick of it. And it's already, I mean, I, I believe I'm one of the first, the original cancel culture people in Hollywood because they pretty much booted me out 11 years ago. Uh, thank God, you know, I'm, I'm well-established. I've been doing a lot of independent movies on my own. In fact, after my agent of many years, and manager many years said that we have to part ways, which I laughed at because I said, wow, it's interesting. You guys are the ones screaming for tolerance all the time and freedom of speech. But as you know, that's a one-way street with these people. And uh, But since I left, I've shot over 50 movies on my own. And uh, do, doing most of them are family-friendly, faith-based combination of things. They're just good family movies. And I'm going to keep fighting that battle. I got three coming out next year. I've shot four already this year. It'll be out a, a year from now. Um, so thank God, knock on wood, I'm staying you know busy in the industry that I love. But, um, you know, as Laura said earlier, for, for these pastors to come out and equate it to porn, are you kidding me? Um, it, it's just, it's, here's the problem with a lot of the pastors around the world, but certainly in America, uh, that we have too many woke pastors. We have too many pastors afraid that they have forgotten that they work for God, not for government, and they let government control everything they say. Uh, we had a thing that was not in our Constitution, but it was written by Thomas Jefferson, who was part of the Constitution, where it's called Separation of Church and State. Mm-hmm. He wrote this as a way to keep government out of the churches. But the Liberal Party in America through the decades have reversed the meaning of that. And, uh, you know, people just, you know, they keep changing the definition of everything and people just go along with it because we have a lot of sheep in this country. And uh, I'm here to wake up the lions because the lions are the ones that are going to speak up and not be afraid. If you lose friends and they weren't friends to begin with, I still have friends who are liberal. I have still friends who are uh, pro-choice. We have discussions, we have debates, but we stay friends. But we have so much anger now, from especially from the left. If you look at the pro-life marches in um, in the Washington, D.C., which happens every year, it is peaceful. You look at the pro-choice people, they walk down Washington, they are angry, they're screaming. They're, it's amazing to me. And I'm not surprised that they go up to Laura, they go up to me too with death threats. These are the people that love death. They love it. And one of my favorite quotes, my President Ronald Reagan, he said, he goes, it's amazing to me that all the people that are uh, for b- abortion have already been born. So <laughs> I just find that kind of an interesting statement. And it's so true at the same time. But 
Um, the people in Hollywood, I think they're misled. I think they're misguided. And it's very sad to me that they think, I think behind closed doors, a lot of them don't agree with that, but they're afraid of getting canceled like I was out of Hollywood. So they keep their mouth shut because they're not brave at all. They're, they're actually very cowardly people. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a great movie out there called The Three Most Dangerous Words in the English Language. And it is, it's a girl. Uh, because if you look statistically, um, around the whole world, the most aborted babies are female uh, uh, girls. And um, it's interesting that the people at the forefront of the uh, abortion movement or the pro-choice movement are always women. And it's, you know, it, it's amazing that they're all for, they, they are, like you mentioned, a living hypocrisy. Um, they're for women's rights, yet, you know, abortion kills more women than any other um, violent threat across the globe. Um, so uh, just while you're there as well, Kevin, what was it like narrating that film? Because watching that film, I could hear, you know, the emotion um, in your voice. And it, it was, it, you know, I, I've obviously been um, anti-abortion for a number of years and been in the space I've seen and I've heard a lot of things and you do get emotional, but there was just something really different about um, the way that this uh, movie was delivered and the emotion behind it. Did you uh, get to, wit to get to speak to the, the person who was this film was about and um, did they kind of, were you kind of feeding off how they described their emotions to you at the time? I did not get to meet the gentleman. Laura said he wants to keep his, um, you know, he wants to keep private, which I totally understand because the things that will come after him, he doesn't want to deal with it and that's yeah. fine. But these were his words. This is what he saw. Um, the first time Laura sent me the script, it was it was emotional for me to read it, just even quietly. And I think the first couple passes I did it, I didn't send because I felt I got too over emotional with it. Um, but uh, it's you put yourself in that place to actually witness that because that's not something he normally did as a technician. And he got thrown into this thing and walked in, and it was just horrific to him. And he actually walked away, left that hospital. He said, "I can't work here." So God bless him for that. But um, I think, like I said, I think we need people to see this. I think we need to get it out there more and more often. I've sent it to my pastor in California. He's going to show it to his church members there and spread it around. Um, I live in Florida now, but I still call my pastor in California because I was with him so long. We still watch his live feed here in Florida. Um, and I sent it to a couple pastors here in Florida as well. So um, we're going to get this out there and we're going to keep getting it out there. This isn't something that's just going to go away and get old. Uh, I'm going to we're going to promote this thing on a constant basis because the world needs to see it and wake up. You mentioned all of the women. I've got a script that deals with the the horrible abortion rate in China. Um, they've had over 500 million forced abortions and the vast majority have been women. And now China, of course, is facing a huge um, shortage in females. And uh, they're going to I think they start changing some of the birth laws now to have you could have two kids or something. So they're hoping that to get more females because their population will start going down as well. But um, it's just uh, it's 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 amazing to me in this day and age with the technology that we have and the more and the more we have it, uh, that people still are just stuck to that, you know, child sacrifice bit. And I really want to get inside to have a woman that is adamant about getting it and having a cameras inside and watch an actual abortion so people can physically see uh, what a real per what a real life is, how it's being killed. And we are mass murders in this country. And it's, it's, it's just it's shocking to me. I know that Mother Teresa was against it. Even one of our most liberal presidents we've ever had in America, Jimmy Carter back in the late 70s, was against abortion. Yeah. And uh, 
he said, I think God and Jesus are very upset with what we're doing to, to human lives right now. And there's no question about that. It's a really sad, um, you know, point of humanity when we protect, you know, eagle eggs that are yeah. of an endangered species, but, and, and that's recognized as, as more of a life than human life. And every embryologist around the entire world, whether they're a Christian or an atheist or whatever they might be, all agree to the, to this, to the biological scientific fact that life begins at conception, a human life. That's when it begins, yeah. but people don't want to acknowledge that. Um, no, it's, it's funny. You just mentioned that because I was working with a couple of women uh, that were so they hated the fact that I was pro-life. So I brought in an article about a gentleman in Hawaii that ate a sea turtle egg. I mean, he got something like seven years in prison for having a sea turtle. egg. And um, one of them said, well, he should have gotten life. I looked and I said, why should he got life? It was an egg. She goes, Kevin, that egg would become would have become a turtle. And that's <laughs> why I knew her head. I, I set her up and I said, what, oh, was, the egg in your, what was the egg in your stomach going to become? The typical liberal response, she got her veins were sticking. She got beat red. She stood up, started walking out of the room, turned back and says, you're wrong, and walked out. And I go, good comeback. I don't I don't know how to re respond to that. Um, it's amazing to me. And it's so easy to, to, to switch the tables on them, but they hate that. They don't like facts. They don't like truth. They don't like common sense. They, they like what they like. And unfortunately, it is a lot of hate and anger, and they, they celebrate death, which is very sad. Mm. Yeah. Now, Laura, you mentioned there's six episodes in total. Um, when can we look forward to seeing the other ones? And, and what are the other ones like? Are they similar to the first one, the procedure, or are they different? There, there's uh, all different topics, um, but I'm hoping they're all going to be that same level of intense. Um, the second one that we're working on right now is on IVF, in vitro fertilization, um, which is going to be very interesting because it's something that's so accepted even within the Christian community. Um, but again, I really don't think people understand what's going on. Um, and then also like, we're going to do one on the babies, the actual babies who were harvested alive to create the fetal cell lines that we use for vaccines and we use for all these different things. So um, it's kind of just exposing these things. Like we're not making this up. We're just, you know, it's all being done in the dark and people, people don't know. Um, and so, uh, I, I feel like the first, the very first thing that happened was we, we got the script, um, for this first episode, we gave it to Kevin, Kevin just rocked it. When he sent that back, I was like, okay, so this is setting the bar for this entire thing, like way, way up, which is great. And I, and I feel like we, we met that with, with the animation and just the way that we did it now, which is really incredible is that we have requests from, I think we're at like 15, 20 now, uh, other film associated people who want to have, the, uh, Kevin's voice, you know, now translated into all these different languages. So we've done that before with our other videos. Um, but they were more, it was easier to do that easier to find an actor to just you read the same script, right? They were more matter, matter of fact. This piece is done in an artistic way. It's like, we can't just hire a voiceover person. We are, so it, that's our struggle right now um, is to find actors in, who, can do the, who can do the other languages. So yeah, Kevin, I don't know if you know anyone. <laughs> can you learn yeah, you other languages, Kevin? Maybe you yeah, can right. do it in Yes, my, my cat, my cat, my cat <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> Can you give a demonstration? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
Um, well, that sounds incredible. Um, like you mentioned, IVF, I think that's a really big one because like you said, it's very accepted across all spectrums, including people who are pro-life kind of, uh, you know, think it, it's okay for IVF. I, I went to an amazing, um, when I, I heard an amazing lecture um, and I had some family members who were actually physically went to it with a minister who came out to Australia who spoke about the dark side of IVF. And it just blew my mind um, because these are things that you do not consider and you do not think about. So I'm, I'm so grateful that you're tackling that. And are all of these episodes coming out through Law TV? Yes, that is the plan. Things are kind of up in the air as we release the first one just online because Laura has not launched yet. So that's yep. that's still a discussion. I mean, either way, we're making we're making the whole series. Yeah. Okay. And Kevin, what about yourself? Where where to from here? Obviously, you've been in the pro life uh, movement well before um, this procedure episode. But have you got any any sort of plans to be involved with it um, going forward, or have you got other projects that you're looking at um, to continue um, putting forth this sort of message? Um, you know, I, that's up to Laura and her team. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing the one I was been part of because it was an honor to be uh, included in this. Um, I'm doing a lot of my own movies still. And I, I, like I said, I've been busy. I got three coming out next year that are already done, two of them I directed. Um, I also tell people to go to sorbostudios.com, sorbostudios.com. That's a good place to go to get in touch with me um, and uh, find out about things that are coming down the pipeline. But uh yeah, I mean, I, I would love to do a movie. I, I was supposed to be in the Gosnell movie, actually, which is a pretty good movie. I highly recommend that one. But uh, it, it overlapped with another movie I was doing, so I couldn't do that one, which is too bad. And I don't know if you know about Gosnell. This is a guy in Philadelphia that was basically, I don't know how many thousands of abortions he had, but he was saving the, the heads and the jar. I mean, it was just, there was some weird sickness with this guy. And he's in prison now. And um, he was doing sort of back alley abortions. And there were women who died on the table during the abortions. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going to keep giving out uh, what I can to get the message out there and keep the, keep the fight going. Yeah. And like I mentioned, I think all of us are really grateful that there is somebody out there with a huge following like yourself, who's in sort of a culture and a space that is very against it, who is so bold, you know, courage is infectious and courage culture is infectious. So seeing someone like yourself is um, encouraging and it does encourage us to be more bold and unapologetic about it. So grateful for mm -hmm. for your voice and especially yours, Laura, you know, you've, you've been in it for a long time. You, the founder and director of Choice for Two, you've done incredible things um, over the years. And I've been grateful for your voice in all this as a woman. And I've seen all the threats that you cop and everything that happens and you, you, you're still there and you're both still there in the midst of it. So I'm, I'm grateful for this contribution that you've made with the procedure. If people want to, I'm going to play that episode once, um, you know, we've wrapped up this interview and for people who are watching I, I, and listening, I hope they continue to do that. But if, if people um, might be, you know, just listening to an audio only and want to want to watch the actual video, where can they go to uh, view it? Right. It's all over the place right now, but um, they could go to our website, choice42.com which is the number 42. So choice42.com. It's there and it's on all of our different social media platforms, which I'm really shocked about, honestly, that it's still there. So um, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I know it is. It is 
incredible that it's still there. I honestly yeah. thought when I shared it, I was like, well, this might be my last day. So I may as well go out with a bang. <laughs> Why not? Um, but you know, you. I'm going to play it, um, at the end of the interview, but I might wrap it up there. Um, and I really appreciate both of you coming on today and, um, appreciate, um, your time and especially your efforts with the procedure. So thanks Kevin. And thanks Laura for coming on and sharing your experiences with me. Thank you. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. I just arrived at work as the hospital's lead sonographer and was looking at the patient's schedule for the day when my boss told me to go immediately to the OR. The surgeon was requesting ultrasound guidance. That was all the information I was given. I had no idea what I was walking into. I wheeled the ultrasound machine into the OR. The patient was already sedated on the operating table. Plugging in the machine, I waited for instructions from the doctor. He barked at me to place the ultrasound probe on the patient's pelvis so he wouldn't perforate her uterus. Still confused about the procedure, I did as he asked and realized the woman was pregnant. She was in her second trimester, so I easily determined the gender of her baby a little girl. Stunned, I watched the doctor thrust a catheter into the amniotic sac. The fetus dodged the catheter and tried to hide in the top of her mother's uterus to get away. In horror, I watched as he inserted a forceps clamp and grabbed her tiny leg. She writhed around in pain trying to break free, but there was nowhere for her to go. Then the doctor pulled hard until her leg ripped away from her body. She recoiled and violently twisted around in pain and curled herself into a tight ball. But it was no use. The clamp grabbed her arm and she struggled to pull away. Her movements weakened now because she was dying. He pulled her arm off of her body. My vision blurred. My eyes filled with tears. The child again curled herself into a tight ball, but again, the device grabbed her other leg and it was ripped from her body. By now, her heartbeat had slowed significantly, but she was still alive. The clamp grabbed her last limb and ripped it off. She wiggled and squirmed around, and then her heart finally stopped beating. I announced that there was no more cardiac activity the nurse and scrub tech in the room gasped, realizing for the first time that this was happening to a fetus that was still alive. The remaining body parts, the head and torso were removed. Placenta was removed and a final look with ultrasound revealed all products of conception were removed. I was told I could leave the room. Up until that moment, I had been frozen. I silently removed the ultrasound machine from the operating room went directly to the locker room and threw up. I quit my job at that hospital shortly after. I told my boss I would never again participate in that type of procedure. I was having nightmares and could not escape the memory of what I had witnessed. I would never again assist in the murder of a child. It was over 20 years ago, but it's just as vivid in my mind today as the day it happened. 
The saddest part is that this procedure is still happening today. People have no idea we are murdering babies in this way. They think it isn't a person, that it's just a mass of tissue. I'm so sorry for what happened to this little girl. For what I did to her. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I'm so sorry.